You're listening to the Emotional Abuse Recovery Podcast, episode number 18. So when the relationship ends, whether it was on good or bad terms, whether it was mutual or there was abuse, infidelity, or betrayal, whether you left or your partner did, it all hurts. In a sense, it's like a death. The reality is it's a loss. So how do you handle it? How do you deal with the roller coaster of emotions? How do you process these things you might have never felt before? Well, you go through the stages of grief. If you're still struggling with healing your wounds after the end of your marriage or relationship because of emotional abuse, stay tuned because in this episode, I'll be explaining the different stages of grief as it pertains to healing from emotional abuse and why it's so important to go through each one. Welcome to the Emotional Abuse Recovery Podcast, a podcast specifically designed to help you heal after a toxic or narcissistic relationship. This podcast teaches you to use your subconscious mind to go from feeling stuck to set free. In here, you will learn how to use the power of your own mind to free yourself from emotional pain, move forward with confidence, and experience the inner peace you deserve in your healing journey after emotional abuse. I'm your host and subconscious reprogramming coach, Allison Dagny. So let's get started. All right. So the first thing is when someone experiences a loss, they go through the normal stages of grief. And these are ones you've probably heard of before. Denial, anger, bargaining, depression, and acceptance. Recovering from the loss of a relationship, especially one that was in any way abusive or narcissistic, we will go through some of these phases too, but we'll go through different phases and modified versions of the existing grief stages. Today, I'm going to talk about the stages that apply specifically to narcissistic abuse, emotional abuse, and betrayal. The first thing that happens when you realize you've been emotionally or psychologically abused is denial. Regardless of how long you've been in a relationship with a narcissist or the toxic person, denial is going to be your immediate reaction. They aren't abusing me. They love me. They wouldn't do that to me. There's no way I would have been that stupid not to see that. No one actually wants to believe that the person who at one point professed undying love to them or even a parent or family member would do something so evil to them on purpose. It's actually very difficult for victims who are so empathetic to even comprehend this. We can't even imagine what hurting someone we love even looks like. So that makes it all the more difficult to believe that anyone else is capable of it, especially the person who is supposed to love us. In the denial stage, we will have arguments with ourselves Our mind is racing. We're flipping through the files in our mind, comparing the good days to the bad days. We don't want to believe someone could deliberately hurt us so deeply. This stage usually isn't staunch denial. It's typically very confusing because we know the truth, but we fight to ignore it. We might think that we're overreacting. We might ask ourselves if we're actually the narcissist instead of the abuser. This stage is what always brings us to the next one, and usually very, very swiftly. That next stage is knowledge. In this stage, we start our research. 
We read books on narcissism. We research extensively on the internet. We might join Facebook groups on narcissism to connect with others to validate or disprove our theories. We might listen to YouTube videos, podcasts, and start following narcissistic abuse social media accounts. In the knowledge stage, we are soaking up everything we can to learn about this disorder. We are understanding new terms we've never heard before, but that now make complete sense. We are connecting dots with the new information we found and the epiphanies and the revelations are glaring. This stage is sprinkled with self-doubt and self-blame. And as we learn, we are still questioning everything. Why would they do this? Why do they do this? How did they become this way? Why didn't I see it before? Why did I put up with it for so long? Why me? Why do I still love this person? Why can't I let go? The questions are unending, and though the fog is beginning to clear, there is so much more ahead of us in this swamp to go through. The knowledge stage is extremely empowering as we are learning how to deal with the narcissist and all the predictabilities that they will display that we seemed never to have been able to identify previously. In this stage, we are looking for logic, but in the world of narcissism, logic doesn't exist, even though narcissists like to pretend that it does. They operate completely on emotions, and once we understand the cycles of narcissistic abuse and how the narcissist thinks, we begin to gain a sense of enlightenment. After that, the anger starts. The next stage is similar to that of the normal grief stage of anger. The difference in the narcissistic abuse recovery stage of grief is that our anger is more akin to rage. We are so filled with rage after fully understanding the narcissistic abuse tactics that we are just consumed with this anger and this rage. The insidiousness of what they did to us is so difficult to comprehend. And once we realize that it was done deliberately to hurt us, well, that's when the rage starts to erupt. We want revenge. We want them to hurt as badly as they've hurt us. We are so mad at the abuser, we can barely see straight. At least this was my experience. But it's not only the abuser that we're angry with. It is also ourselves. We are angry with ourselves for not seeing this. We are angry with ourselves for allowing it to go on for so long. We are angry that our life was stolen, that our souls were violated, that our minds were messed with, and that we had anything to do with it. This is a very difficult stage to be in because we learned in the knowledge stage that narcissists use our emotions as fuel and narcissistic supply. So no matter how angry we are, if we let the narcissist see or know about it, then they win. So our rage is left boiling over in private or shared with our closest friends and family members. We might start snapping at our loved ones or lashing out at people because of this stage, especially if we haven't processed this fully or gotten the therapy or other forms of support that we need. And sometimes we let the narcissist see the rage, and then we beat ourselves up for it afterwards. 
This is a normal feeling that is part of what all narcissistic abuse victims experience. Every day, we just do our best to get from one stage to the next. We might sit in this stage for a really, really long time, but the goal is not to sit in this stage forever as it turns us to bitter people who cannot fully heal. It is completely healthy to feel that anger, but it is important that we work towards the next stage so that we can evolve and that we can heal. Sprinkled in between anger and acceptance, which is the last stage, is depression and sadness. This stage is when we are lying on the bathroom floor, sobbing uncontrollably because of the pain of what they did to us. This stage is a springboard to get to acceptance. It is here that we are beginning to move out of anger and into the reality of the abuse. And man, is it sad. I remember how devastated I was in my sadness, how sick I felt thinking about what was taken from me, how sad I was that I had been reduced to such a small, frail little soul. I was sad for my children. I was sad for my family and my friends who I'd been isolated from. I was sad for my dog who the narcissist abused to hurt me. And I was sad for myself. I sat in a depression for days, feeling sorry for myself, crying, sleeping, not eating, and staring at the wall. But it was here at this stage that I knew I had to move forward. This is the absolute worst stage to be in, in my opinion. It was debilitating. It was paralyzing. I knew if I didn't climb out of this pit, I was never going to be okay. I knew that staying in this black hole was letting the narcissist win. And not only would I suffer, but so would my children and everyone else around me. I was determined not to let the narcissist have any more of my soul. I was determined to rise above what happened to me. It's okay to feel sad for a time. That is completely normal, but we can't live there. We must walk through the sadness and through the depression and move towards the acceptance. So after depression comes acceptance. Going from depression to acceptance is a slow climb. It won't happen overnight. It takes a lot of practice and a lot of time. I spent countless hours with my therapist trying to undo my anger and my sadness. I was committed to healing and I refused to give up. First, I want to say that acceptance doesn't mean condoning the abuse or being okay with what they did. It simply means that you acknowledge the reality of the situation. You stop fighting what you believe in your subconscious mind and allow reality to be reality. In the acceptance stage, we have to come to terms that the narcissist was never what they pretended to be. We have to accept that we experienced a great loss. The life we were supposed to have that was promised to us was just a mirage. It wasn't ever real to begin with. We have to accept that we have been hurt deeply and that the road ahead to heal could be long and difficult. We have to accept that we might have had some responsibility by ignoring red flags, but then forgive ourselves for that. We have to accept that life is constantly changing. 
we are constantly changing and what should have been quite possibly never would have been. Isn't it possible that even though you once believed that this person was your soulmate, that that might actually not be true? Isn't it possible? And isn't it possible that you were only meant to be together for as long as you were, not for your entire lifetime? Isn't that possible? What we're doing here is we're just considering other possibilities. We're taking what we have thought over and over and over that has been keeping us in pain and starting to see that there might be other possibilities. This is a very healing stage. In this stage, you find yourself. You remove the ego and become aware of your thoughts. You challenge those thoughts and use every part of your thinking brain to discern reality from your imagination. You decipher what you believe from what is actually true. You find this sweet spot where instead of thinking things like, I'm so stupid for believing the lies and missing the red flags, you think instead, well, what else is possible? Is it possible I wasn't stupid at all and that this person was just a master manipulator and liar? Isn't it possible that I only missed the red flags because the love bombing was so deceptive? This sweet spot is where the healing comes in. It's where you start to awaken. It's where you stop believing everything you think and start questioning it instead. Before the acceptance stage, we are just below consciousness. We are living in the subconscious and driven by the subconscious. Until we take a bird's eye view of ourselves, pull back to observe our thoughts, we will stay there and never reach that next level of healing. It is in this stage that we learn the most about ourselves. We enter a place of self-discovery. We begin to remember who we are again. The narcissist did such an impeccable job at stripping away our identities that we might even not know where to begin. We don't know who we are. We don't know what we like to do. and We have trouble making decisions. But it's here that we pick up the pieces that the narcissist had chipped away and we put them back. We are resilient. We rebuild what the narcissist tore down. We go back and get ourselves from the darkness and the fog we were wandering in aimlessly. Our lives with the narcissist and the toxic person was one big giant betrayal. Once we come to terms with reality and the truth, we can take our acceptance and move ourselves out of the swamp and back into a place of peace, harmony, and joy. We return to ourselves. This is who we are and who we were always meant to be. After going through all the stages of grief, we will be completely different. I am nowhere near the same person I was when I was being abused by the narcissist. I was scared, timid, and full of anxiety. I felt no confidence and no self-worth. Confrontations were unbelievably scary to me and saying no was just not in my vocabulary. My physical health deteriorated and my mental health was extremely shaken, but the grief stages helped me to get to where I am today. 
I stopped a bit longer in some stages than others, but ultimately I kept going. I didn't stop. Some people stay in the education phase for a very long time. It feels somewhat safe there because you're arming yourself with knowledge and information. The only problem is we have to make it through every stage. If we stay in one stage, we limit the healing. I made a commitment to myself to get better and remove the mental poison that had been injected into me day after day by the narcissist. I was highly motivated to get that leftover poison from my ex out of my brain. I am still detoxing the narcissist out of my life and I'll never stop healing. Just a few days ago, I had a twinge of gaslighting creep in. I started to question myself. I quickly shook it off and returned to the self-trusting person I had rebuilt. But it happens. Healing isn't perfect. Things come up sometimes and that is okay. You don't have to be perfect along the way as you heal. You just have to keep going. I always say healing is a journey. It's not a destination. So keep moving and don't ever give up. If you are stuck in one of the stages of grief, feel free to message me. Awareness is key. So pay attention, observe where you are and where you want to be, and then take action to move you in that direction. Thank you for being here with me today in the Emotional Abuse Recovery Podcast. I hope you found value here with me. If this podcast episode was helpful to you, I'd love for you to hit subscribe and leave me a review. My goal is to help you go from feeling stuck to set free. You can find me on Instagram and Facebook, and you can check out WhenTearsLeaveScars.com for more resources and information to help you with your own emotional abuse recovery. Until next time, here's to believing 